and welcome to the latest Colliers UK podcast. In the week where we hear that UK gyms will be opening across the country, our head of UK leisure agency, Ross Curtin, speaks to Jeff Bamber, the CEO of Digby Gyms. This morning, we're joined by Jeff Bamber, entrepreneur, former hedge fund manager, 11 times Ironman, and now the CEO of Digme, a market-leading pay-as-you-go fitness group in the UK. I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, very well. Uh, glad we're coming towards the end of lockdown finally. Looking forward to getting our studios back open. Yeah, you must have been absolutely ecstatic when you heard the news that they can reopen on the 25th. Where were you when you heard the news? I was in Cornwall. I was on holiday last week. Um, we somewhat anticipated the news coming we didn't know precisely when we would get notified and what the date would be but what was clear to us because I, I run this this company with with my wife what was clear to us was that once once the reopening news came uh, we were going to be incredibly busy for from the time that we got the news right through the reopening and then the re-ramping up process and we just thought you know what we're not going to be able to get away before probably half term in because we have two kids of school age probably half term in october uh, and having not had a break at all since christmas goodness we're not, we're really going to struggle here unless we uh, unless we take the time right now so we literally booked a place on airbnb on the wednesday um before we went uh, and took a week away in cornwall last week so um it was the first break in, in in a long time and much needed so it must feel really great to have it back have you been um has the lot's been going on behind the scenes yeah, of course. So there's a, there's a, a massive amount of preparation getting ready um, for, for reopening. Um, during lockdown, we've been operating this uh, digital platform of classes, delivering classes over um, video conferencing software uh, to to customers using a sort of subscription model. We've been delivering all sorts of different classes um, in that form, and that's gone really well for keeping the community connected. Uh, for, for keeping our instructors engaged um, and, and uh, continuing to build relationships with, uh, with customers. It's been really good for the customers to, to continue to be able to get their sweat on and it's, you know, from a, not just a physical well-being perspective, but a mental well-being perspective. Um, that's been really valuable to people because I think lockdowns had a real toll on, on uh, people's mental health as much as it has on their, their physical health because you know, they're being disconnected from from people, um, forcibly disconnected from people is really hard. And now we're just planning about the reopening of the physical studios, but also wanting to keep the Digme On Demand platform going and growing and thriving as we reopen our studios. Of course, you know, we, we don't see this as just a temporary thing. Uh, it's a platform that we've, we've built, we want to continue to invest in and grow. So there's a lot of work on both fronts to try and push the business forward um, as we uh, as we deal with the recovery from this awful crisis that we've we've endured. Do you think with the on demand has it has it brought new members? Has it really been serving your existing membership pool, or has it actually you found that there's new people who now have used on demand who may come to the studio? Yeah, we've had hundreds of new customers join just for on demand. These are people who. They may well have come across the brand previously. So uh, you know, there might have been customers in another life, for example. So you know, we've had quite a number of people who used to be Digme members, um, moved away uh, and have rejoined. Um, but there's also uh, brand new customers who've never um, experienced the brand at all, other than what they've seen online, perhaps through Instagram or Facebook or something. 
uh, and now they've got a chance to enjoy our workouts too. Uh, Digme on Demand has been really valuable to us to be able to pull people like that into, into our ecosystem. That, and that's something that obviously that has got global potential, not just, uh, you know, not just the potential of uh, the catchment area around a physical studio. Um, and that's really exciting for us. And we very much see the future of fitness being in dual channel, being omni-channel uh, in terms of uh, delivering fitness content to, to customers. Um, because, you know, the, the reason that people come into boutique studios is because of physical people connections. They, they have a real relationship uh, with the front of house teams, with the, the instructors, um, they, they, with the other customers that go to those particular classes that they've formed habits around. Um, every single class in our business has its own distinct community. You know, you go to a 6.30 a.m. class in Richmond on a Monday morning. It's got a completely distinct community from the 6.30 p.m. class on a, on a Wednesday. They, they, they have different feels, different vibes, different demographics, and people really connect with the people around them in those classes. But what Digby on Demand does is it you know, pro- provides a, another channel for people to consume um, uh, or, or partake in classes with their favorite instructors or perhaps in, in concepts that they might love to attend but otherwise don't have um, the space in their diary to attend and actually they can do that just as well at home so let's say you know you're a Richmond uh, customer with, with with dig me and you like our ride classes but previously you've never had an opportunity to do our yoga classes well now with dig me on demand actually you know yoga can be delivered really well uh, via uh, video conferencing software into your into your home and now they can do uh, the, the yoga classes through Digme on demand with with the same subscription in the same community in the same vibe and atmosphere and, uh, that, that they enjoy uh, when they go to studios. Do you think it's a good route to entry? I know there's a lot being talked about in the media about um, a lot of people been doing PE by Joe Wicks or uh, your platform or indeed other people's uh, on-demand platforms and how, generally speaking, a lot of people are now getting more into fitness. Do you think this is something we'll see, this is going to be a route to entry, or do you think you're kind of, you're into fitness or you're not? No, I, th- I think that lockdown has, you know, lo- lockdown's been a bit of a barbell for people. Either they've got much less fit or, or, or more fit. <laughs> um, you know, there aren't very many people who, who just say, yeah, it's com- been completely the same for me. Um, but, and a lot de- is determined by your own personal circumstances. And you know, we have children uh, who otherwise would have been in school or nursery. And so for us, lockdown has been quite hard because suddenly we've got our kids at home. We've still got to work. Um, most of our team are furloughed. So that makes it harder for us to, to get physical activity in. So, you know, but other people don't have children. They don't have uh, same work commitments and actually they've taken the opportunity to do more exercise um, so really it's really determined by um, your own personal circumstances but I think the thing that you can say universally about the coronavirus crisis and what it's done uh, is raise awareness of the importance of physical and mental health partly because people are starting to feel it uh, more partly because of things like Boris Johnson saying that uh, you know, openly admitting that his, uh, his being overweight contributed to the seriousness of his condition um, when he went into hospital. That was what the doctors told him. And he's been on a health and personal health and fitness drive since coming out of hospital and has now declared a war on obesity. Now we can get into the rights and wrongs of the way he's tackling the, the, the war on obesity. But I think you can state pretty categorically that 
the coronavirus crisis has really um, raised awareness of the need to be physically well and mentally well. Uh, and that will have long lasting consequences well beyond the, the, uh, the lockdown, well beyond uh, 2020 uh, and the duration of social distancing. That's something I think will be embedded in, in, uh, in our culture going forward. And that will ultimately increase the market size for providers of, of wellness uh, products, experiences, classes, and so on. People are moving more and enjoying exercise more and seeing the benefits of exercise more. That will have significant positive ramifications for the industry and for the, the nation and for our economy, ultimately. There's a lot of hidden costs with people not having a good relationship with exercise. Uh, the, the burden on the NHS um, from conditions that may not have arisen if you didn't have uh, uh, poor health uh, is enormous. Uh, the, the burden on the economy from lost days of work because uh, people are taking sick leave uh, because they're unhealthy is enormous. These are hidden taxes on, on the economy and by improving the well-being of the nation, those taxes will disappear. Uh, those costs to business, those costs to the NHS will disappear. Waiting times will come down. If only we can get people moving, if only we can reverse the trend towards increasing obesity in our, in our country. Do you think that the Chancellor's measures which were introduced to, to help stimulate the hospitality sector, such as the, the VAT reduction and the, um, the eating out scheme, do you think that should have been extended to the fitness sector just to really help get more people back into doing exercise in gyms? I can't see why certain sectors have been excluded from some of these stimulus measures and others have been included, other than the clear impact on the exchequer and multiplier effects. But certainly I would say that it's confusing to the average layman in the street why sector X has been included and why sector Y has been excluded. And certainly you know, one of the things you can universally say about this government is they seem to struggle with mixed messaging. In May, Boris Johnson declared a war on obesity. What's his first act of easing lockdown? Open the pubs. That makes no sense whatsoever. Now, if you, if you are a serious about tackling issues like obesity, you've got to make sure that you've got a coherent communication strategy around that. You know, inherently, um, the government have communicated that it is and they won't have intended it this way i want to say that right now but they have without meaning to communicated that it's safer to go to the pub than it is to go to the gym and that is just preposterous we all know how we behave when we've had two or three drinks how adherence to all rules and regulations goes out the window when you've had two or three drinks it's not it, it's very very difficult so you know we, we as a as a society have to rely on the good nature and rule abiding tendencies of society at large to, to stick to social adherence guidelines and any guidelines that are issued by the government. And it's simply very difficult to do that if you're under the influence of alcohol, beside the fact that we, beside all of the other issues around evidence that when you consume alcohol, your ability to respond to viruses, uh, your, your immune system is compromised. Uh, therefore, if a virus is lingering in the air, you're more likely to pick, pick it up than you are if you hadn't had um, alcohol in the first place. And at the end of the day, the evidence from other countries around the world where lockdown has been eased progressively has been that it's, if there has been second spikes, it's never been 
or very rarely been from gym situations or from studio situations. People are coming in sober, aware of their own behavior, respect social distancing norms. They're, they're very hygienic. They wash their hands. They, they, they use antibacterial uh, hand sanitizer. They do all of this good stuff when they're coming into gyms because they're conscious of their behaviors. What kind of measures have you had to put in your gyms to, to make them COVID secure in, in terms of your communication strategy to helping customers understand how safe they are now? Well, what we're doing is uh, increasing distance between, between participants in, in studios. We are um, putting more uh, clear markings on floors to make sure that people are sticking in place uh, and, and respecting distances between people more. Um, we are obviously deep cleaning our studios between every single workout. And that means that our, our studios are getting cleaned 10, 11, 12 times a day. Uh, so you're not really going to have more hygienic environments in your life. We're turning up the air conditioning and air handling volumes to make sure that um, the, the uh, movement of air is uh, accelerated through our studios. Obviously, there'll be uh, personal protective equipment uh, for our staff and there'll be thermal scanners. And these are just you know, some of the range of measures that, that we're bringing in. Um, so I think we can categorically say that our studios will be extremely safe places. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, pre-lockdown, the gym market was, particularly in London, was very buoyant and rental levels got quite toasty. Clearly, post-lockdown, people will be operating with reduced capacities and increased costs to cover for the, um, the cleaning. Uh, how, how do you see the sector faring over the next um 12 to 24 months oh ross i you know i, I wish i had a crystal ball um i could could give you a really clear answer on that um so much of it is is going to be determined by the degree to which uh we respect social distancing as a as a nation the degree to which second spikes may or may not arise and, and so many factors are not even in, in inside of our control or indeed the government's control. One of the hardest things about this, this um, crisis is that we've got, uh, it, it's a global one and it's, it, there's, you're, you're always at the risk of not just what you do as a nation, but what other nations do. For example, in the US, the, 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 the virus is running rampant at the moment. So we can control what we can control in this country, but there's nothing saying uh, that someone couldn't get on a private jet from from the US, come to the UK, break lockdown rules, and then suddenly start spreading the virus again. And that's that's going to be the challenge for for us as a nation, uh, for for uh, for the global economy more generally. It's going to be tough for for some time. The sector um, needs to needs to adjust. Uh, that landlords need to adjust and adapt. Um, the sector will will be here. Uh, we will come out, whether it's gyms or boutique studios, we will be here. There's a huge pent up and latent demand from customers uh, to, to get back in, get their sweat on, get enjoying uh, all of the things they loved about their gym before. But we need to do it in a safe, in a safe manner. And investors are just going to throw, uh, are just going to be uh, extremely cautious for the next 12, 18 months, I think. Um, whilst they figure out, or whilst we figure out, uh, how this virus is going to be dealt with. Uh, obviously, if we get a vaccine, 
then great. You know, and, and that will, I think, will accelerate the recovery. Ab- absent a vaccine, you know, so if we t- make the assumption that a vaccine isn't there or won't come, is really going to depend on the degree to which we as a, 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 as a global community get this virus under control and uh, are able to get back to life as normal once, that, once that's happened. And the investor community is going to be led by that. And ultimately, the reason that Red and Scott bid so much was because consumer demand was really strong. Trading was relatively good. There was a lot of capital coming into the sector, creating a lot of uh, competition for new real estate. As you know yourself, there's not an abundance of D2 real estate out there. So there was always a lot of bids for any given new unit. But I do think that that capital will not be available in the next 18 to 24 months. And so consolidation will happen uh, because it needs to. Uh, There'll be many fewer new entrants into the market um, that uh, that we will see rents settle at a much lower level and the organic new growth, the new unit growth will, will be minimal, I, I, I would wager, um, that any new units that do get let will be, get let on good terms and to established operators who landlords can take a view on uh, definitely being around in the next few, few uh, months and years. And I think that will mean that, that basically covenant premiums will, will be valuable to landlords, right? So good covenants will be extremely valuable to landlords in the next 12 18 months um i saw that you have um opened or about to open a a, a temporary outside gym in, in covent garden is that is that something you think you, you might try and do more of during the summer months uh yeah well we're generally speaking working um towards doing more outdoor activity it's not always as easy as you might imagine to be honest because local councils are quite particular about outdoor spaces being used for workouts in, in situations like the one with Covent Garden, we were able to deal with a um, commercial landlord who's in control of their own destiny rather than um, dealing with uh, a local council. Um, so that makes has made things a little bit easier, but those kind of opportunities are, are great. I mean, ultimately, we're still restricted by social distancing requirements. So capacity is still pretty low. Uh, so these are not commercial ventures for us, really. This is about brand building. It's about community um, it's about excitement and vibe. It's not so much about uh, making a lot of money. Um, so I mentioned in my intro that you have completed 11 Ironmans, which is quite phenomenal. Um, how, uh, what do you do generally for keeping fit? Well, what have you done during lockdown? Lots of dig me on demand classes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we've, we've got a great range um, of classes on dig me on demand. So I like that our cycle classes and they vary in, in style and format and length. Um, so that's that's been really good um, I like running in the park we live very near Richmond Park so we, we get out for fresh air and one of the, the the consequences of lockdown for me has been that I haven't been able to get outside as much uh, being able to get outside and run uh, in in the fresh air has been uh, really important to me thank you very much I think we're probably out of time so thank you very much for your uh, time this morning you're welcome it's really good to chat thanks, and thanks to colleagues for putting this on We hope you enjoyed the latest Colliers UK podcast. You can find details for our next episode by following at Colliers UK on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next time.